On today's episode of the Outfielder Podcast, we are talking quarantine, another week in isolation. Ben Baseball, the great Sambino, and I break down some Tony Gwynn stats. We've been talking about doing it for a long time. We're bringing the information to the good people. We're also talking about our in-season tournament that we are simulating here on the Outfielder Podcast to try to supplement baseball since it is not with us this season so far. So make sure to check it out. A great episode. We had a ton of fun. We can't wait for you guys to join us. We also want to remind everyone that this episode of the Outfielder is brought to you by Audible. Audible has partnered up with us. They are offering a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. No obligation. Go start an account. You use the promo code. You get a free audiobook. It's that easy. You won't want to put it down. You can cancel it any time, but I promise you won't. It's a great subscription service. Me, the great Sambino, Ben Baseball, we're all using it. It's a great way to consume books and make sure that we're informed on our baseball points and topics. So, be sure to head over to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM. That's where you can browse the audio selection, browse a huge catalog of titles, and make a great selection. There's tons available, tons to listen to. Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash SLM, and make sure to let them know that the Outfielder guy sent you. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Outfielder Podcast, episode 106, brought to you by Sensibly Loud Media. I am your host, J-Mac, a.k.a. Founder Numero Uno, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Popfly himself, Founder Numero Dos, Ben. Don't you touch it. That Baseball. Ben, what's going on, man? Oh, that's funny. Well done, because the line that I bleeped there was, don't you touch it, that motherfucking dial, is oh. what I was supposed to say, oh. and then I bleeped it, and then I unbleeped it right now. But you know who's not afraid of bleeping things? They're out there in the on-deck circle. They got their uh, their N95 mask on. They got some rubber gloves. They're Clorox in their, their groceries. Let's see who it is. Ladies and gentlemen, now batting cleanup for the Outfielder Podcast, number three, the great Sam Bino. Good evening, Sam. Hello. Welcome back. Thanks. How, How was a week off? Week off was good. I did uh, a lot of work, and now I'm ready to not do any work and talk baseball. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> Kind, kind of, of a weird time. <laughs> we'll make some stuff up. It'll. We always do that. I mean, that's pretty much what this whole episode is. What if I just sat here eating Easter candy the whole episode? Ooh, talk are to me about Peeps guy. Yeah, I was just going to ask you. What talk to me about Easter candy? No, Peeps are just pure garbage. I'm they're, with you. They're puffed up diabetes <laughs> with is it just dye. sugar. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. I think it's just like a, a wannabe marshmallow that you can't even make s'mores out of. It's like a weird cross between like marshmallows and cotton candy. It's not. <laughs> I'm not. It seems like it'd be good, but it's just not. I don't know. No, I'm telling you, the, the, the list stops and ends with um, Reese's peanut butter eggs and Starburst jelly beans. Both solid choices. Sam. Starburst jelly beans. I had no idea that was a thing. Reese's is at the top of every candy list. I mean, That's it right. has to be. Yeah. They're sold in banks. I mean, the, <laughs> I love that that's some sort of is pinnacle. Is that threshold now? <laughs> that's part of their com- one of their commercials. Oh, okay. So oh. I thought that was some sort of like pinnacle that they were trying to reach in their status like, in the community. Is no, the it's basically, the they're, just t- they're just touting that they're sold everywhere. And they're like, yeah. I'm pretty sure they're sold everywhere business is done. You could buy them in a bank. Okay. That's fantastic. I, I, that's my new favorite, like great Sam Bino's earmark for whether or not your business is successful is can you be purchased at a local branch of your financial institution? institution. <laughs> that's great. I'd like Coca-Cola. to get some certificates of deposit and uh, half a pallet of Reese's. Quarantine's gotten weird. <laughs> I think we're suffering already. Well, hey, y'all want a baseball stat? This showed up on my social media today. Hit it. Hit me uh, with it. Some page called Baseballer uh, is saying that Pudge, that's Ivan Pudge Rodriguez, got the call up to the big leagues on his wedding day. He got married on his double A baseball field with his teammates in attendance and then flew to Chicago on the same day and threw out 
two runners in his MLB debut that night. It's unbelievable. It's a relatively eventful wedding night. It really is. Like you're you're really booking it. You're really committed to the to the love of the game. I, I like it. I, I think it's the most pudge sounding thing I've ever heard. Good for him. I mean, that's a big day. Have has anybody so, explained to us why he has a pizza shop at their the new ballpark? No. I like it. Like just I like that he's bucking the trend, that he's doing what he wants to do. I mean, who's going to tell Pudge that not to open a pizza place? That's fair. I'm not saying that it's lacks taste or anything like that. I'm sure it's excellent. I've just it's always been very odd. Yeah. Is it Welcome. his? It's like that's the uh the restaurant that has his name on it. Okay. But so, it's not like run by Yvonne Rodriguez. It is just I'm, they said Pudge's Pizza, right? I'm not they sure. Actually, the alliteration. Because Troy Aitman owns his place that's there. He's so like bussing sure. the tables and everything. Probably work in the kitchen on busy nights. I don't think just, any of that's true. <laughs> no, he does own it though. Okay. So I, I don't know if like I mean, obviously, that's probably like a namesake type thing mostly, but I know that he is involved in a lot of the business and stuff over there. So I wouldn't be surprised by that by any means. So if they were going to open up at a ballpark, a food establishment with y'all's names on it, what would it be? Sam Lee, this one. Sam's hams. <laughs> Sam's Steamed hams? hams? <laughs> Ham in all, in all varieties. You can get an omelet, you can get a sandwich, you can get a pie. Hmm. Pie? Pizza pie. Pizza pie. Uh, Canadian bacon. There you go. I think, because, okay, so does this need to be, obviously, probably not limited to ballpark food, given the choice of ham. No, it could be whatever type of food you want. You're just selling it at a ballpark. Oh, I would be selling sesame chicken, for sure, and I would be making all of the money. All you were so confident in that. All of the money. And I money. need to understand why that is. Because sesame chicken's fucking delicious. That's why. I know that. <laughs> exactly. Wouldn't you love to sit there and eat, you know, like a nice little little thing full of it while you watch some baseball on a nice cool evening? No. We've been here before. I go dogs and beer every time. Okay. And I well, don't want to hear any bullshit about me eating a quesadilla. I, so <laughs> I forgot about that. It's funny you say that, Sam, because that's exactly where my head goes is I would corner the market on like the veggie dog, veggie yeah. brats, like the fake meat traditional ballpark food but you, with no dead animals i don't have a line out the door i don't hate yeah. any of these takes at all like i i i'd love a good hot dog at a, a ball game don't get me wrong but like i just i think it's a niche market that you could really probably get a hold of it's a sesame no, chicken ben market. baseball's brats and brews boom there you go we get like i don't know why we didn't put some proposals in for places for the new ballpark whenever they were selling ad space we really should have thought about that Probably think, our lack of money. No, I think we might need to go through another round of creative uh, creation here, where we each actually take take this idea and go run with it offline, and then present our our stand. Okay, just a thought. Mark it down on the to do list. We've got plenty of time. Okay, um, so now that we've talked food, if we keep eating sesame chicken, every type of ham, and veggie bratwursts. We're going to need to get some bigger pants. So, uh, I, Sam, I heard a rumor that you have a new way of staying in shape. Uh, I just move. I move more. And I <laughs> eat more vegetables. Okay. So That was the worst bruise. tease I've ever done because you're like, hey, y'all, I have this great new exercise you should try. No, no, that's not what happened. <laughs> that's not how I saw it go down either. That's actually, I'm sorry, man. You said, how's quarantine going? And I go, I'm trying out this thing called physical activity. <laughs> Oh, uh, not I have a new activity. I've just been like, I doing heard more. I have a new activity. So that's why I, I teased it the way I did. God, like it was great it, to be a fly on the wall and watch that whole miscommunication happen because I saw it all unfold in front of me. That's incredible. So no like weird Pilates or anything like that. Just, you know, the basic work, you know, do more, eat less. I've eat got better. a rowing machine and a TV Mounted on the wall and some free weights and a yoga pad and that's kind of it. Okay, and you then better than I am. And no weekday drinking. I'd stop that. Yes, that is helpful. I uh, <laughs> so normally in a day at the office, I would take at least ten thousand steps just as a matter of course. Like that was my baseline. The first like Thursday after all this started, I looked at my phone at four in the afternoon. It said I'd taken four hundred and eleven <laughs> steps that day. <laughs> 
<laughs> that means like between you the bathroom and like you know a trip and to the kitchen. kitchen for lunch and that's probably about it yeah it is a problem i've been getting out and like walking and riding my bike and stuff like that just to get out and be active and trying to make the best of a shitty situation overall yeah it really is terrible starting and ending each day with a two-mile walk and then i work out from four to five every day during the week well done oh, diggity good for you boy he's gonna so, be a he's gonna be have all the room in the world in his pants to eat all this ballpark food by the time he's done with quarantine it's a good thing like that all my pants. phrased better no no it's not <laughs> it's the, the phrasing stays ben baseball um so I was thinking about, so we have a bunch of a list of like a, we'll call it for just dedicate to Sam, we'll call it a backlog of things to do. And we've started to try to cross some of these things off the list and something that we've kind of dabbled in a little bit, but wanted to get to a little bit more in depth. I really decided I was going to tackle this one today. So I spent a good three hours this morning, really trying to focus in on Tony Gwynn's stats. And we've talked about Tony Gwynn a bunch on this pod. What? So let's before we get into like some of these unbelievable things that I found. What? Where do you each stand on Tony Gwynn? Really good hitter. He's the only reason the Padres still have a team. Wow, that's so probably true. I don't know that I'd go They'd that far, moved. but They'd but now that far. I think about it, yeah, uh, Mr. Padre himself. I think that. Uh, yeah, I mean, just it's. I think he's one of those guys that because he played for a bad team, he was consistently overlooked. But I'm anxious to see what kind of good nuggets you you found, you know, down there in in San Diego. I I really struggled to find what he was worse at than anything else. There's very little that he wasn't just fantastic at. Whenever you look at just the general measures of this game, and we've talked about like going way too far into analytics and the dangers of that, like, you know, what that can mean for how you look at the game and shape the game. So like a lot of this, obviously there are probably advanced metrics that would rule against a lot of what, what's happening here, but like a lot of it, you can't make up. Like they're just not things that other people really do. And I even pulled out a few comparisons just to throw them out there. So I'm just going to kind of go down the list of things. They're random. They're not in a whole lot of particular order, but they're just, they're unreal. So I'm going to start with this one. There were there was a span where he had a 10-game stretch where he had 47 hits in those 10 games. Oh, my God. <laughs> 47. Now, How many innings? Uh, well, so... You know, like, were there like seven extra inning games or something? No, there were no extra innings. I looked into that. So he went like just five for five a bunch. Pretty much, yeah. Okay. Um he has a career. He batted 338. He had a 20 year career. Batted 338. He would need to go 0 in a 1,183, about two full seasons of baseball, for his batting average to fall below 300. God. Yeah, but were they all singles? I mean, we really <laughs> don't. If they're singles, they don't matter. Some say. Some would tell us. <laughs> Those those people can take their strikeouts and go home. He batted 309 or better in every season from 1983 to 2001. That's a lifetime. So that's that's um that's the Reagan administration, that's HW, that's all of Clinton, Clinton. and the start of Bush. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it's Just for un context. Believable. Um all right, so I looked into this specifically just because I was curious about it, and I did a little uh, tallying up here. Uh, whenever he faced Pedro Martinez and Randy Johnson combined, so he, he faced them a combined 16 times, he struck out none of those times. Wow. Whoa. <laughs> Two of the probably arguably best pitchers of our generation, give or take. Yeah. Um, he did... There was a point in time where he... Actually, I'm sorry. He did not have a single month in which he had more than eight strikeouts from 1989 until 2001. So not a 30- or 31-day period did he have more Holy than shit. eight strikeouts from 89 to 2001. It's like an on-base machine. <laughs> uh, just to, I, I, have a, I have an aside that we need to cover. I forgot I had a dream about Randy Johnson, and we should talk about that. Oh, <laughs> dear, yes. Please. Ben, mark that down, please. Uh, 
he never had more than 82 walks in a season. Oh, my God. So it's not even like they were walking him all the time. Right. So that was in 1987. And, I mean, I guess, you know, he was just like, oh, man, I'm, I'm sorry, guys. And, and Ben, to back that up, uh, intentionally walked uh, 203 times in his 20-year career. Oh, my God. That's not a lot? Not a lot right? at all. Ten, <laughs> ten times a year, knowing yeah, that he's going to hit? Right. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll get into that because he struck out 434 times in 20 years. That's pretty good. Let me give you some context. Mikey, Mike Trout is in year nine of his career, 1,118 strikeouts. Bryce Harper in eight years, 1,012 strikeouts. Tony Gwynn in 20 years, 434 strikeouts. So he's a contact guy. Maybe the defense just sucked that he played against. Maybe, but 20 years of worth of it, though? Yeah, I think after a while, you eliminate some variables with that much data. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Not a math guy, but... That means, so I did a little bit of math, that means 90.6% of the time, Tony Gwynn was not going to strike out during his career when he approached the plate. That's fantastic. That's unbelievable. Um, the most times that he struck out in a season was 40 times. How many times did Joey Gallo strike out last season? Over times a month. <laughs> Over yeah. 100, for sure. Easily. Um. In his final season, so this is year 20 of his career, he had 17 strikeouts. <laughs> God, what a slip in production. Right? <laughs> that might have been one of his best years. He had fewer than 20 strikeouts in each season from 1989 until 1994. All right. That's ridiculous. We're going to get a little more granular here for a second. On 0 and 2 counts. <laughs> That, would you guys tell? Would you guys say that is not a hitter's count? Would you agree? Correct. He is three thirty eight on zero and two counts. In night from nineteen in nine. Uh, sorry, excuse me. From nineteen ninety seven to two thousand in zero and two counts, he hit three fifty two. That's ages thirty seven through forty. That's unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> That's an old man out there just destroying pitching destroying them uh the 1998 world series ben baseball tell me about the 1998 world series do you know who played in the 1998 world series i'm about to with the help of the internet but what i can tell you is it was likely between a american league team and a national league team it was it was the padres facing the new york yankees Oh, the I Yan- got you. <laughs> the Yankees absolutely steamrolled them 100%. Uh, they swept them in four games. Uh, the Padres had 32 hits in those four games total. Yeesh. And Tony Gwynn had eight of those. <laughs> so 25% of the hits were Tony Gwynn. I mean, talk about facing a buzzsaw, but still. Um, then I started thinking about what if he played in Colorado? Oh my God. (laughs) Right. So I looked at his numbers in Colorado. So apparently he played five games in mile high stadium, but I guess that was while they were building Coors field. Uh, he batted 383 there at Coors field 359. And I looked at just in general, like around the league, the highest he had was at O.co in Oakland 419. Oh, my God. That's interleague play, though, so he's got, like, what, 12 games there? True, but still. Yeah, that's a lot. Still a lot. Um, he, Whenever I started looking at, like, the specifics around, like, men on base and stuff like that, he hit 352 with people, with runners on base in general. Outstanding. This this one got me. The random uh, the randomness of this one killed me. With runners specifically, just one runner on third base. Over or under 400? What do you guys think? Over. Over. Absolutely. Just a shade under at 396. Oh, my God. <laughs> we'll give it to him. It's 400. It's damn close. It's <laughs> damn close. Um, he hit 393 in games that had extra innings. He was a 444 uh, with bases loaded for his career. And he didn't. All right. This is the final one. We're going to go back to strikeouts for just, just to wind this thing out. 
He did not strike out with runners in scoring position in 1995, 98, or the year 2000. Oh, my gosh. That's incredible. Like, what kind of madness is this? I mean, that's absurd. How does everyone not know how great he was? Because San Diego? Pretty much. West Coast ball. Not a lot of big games. I mean, does any of this really surprise you guys? No, I mean, I've always known he was that good, but to actually put numbers to it that I wasn't aware of is pretty cool. It's just yeah, mind-blowing. Like, <laughs> anecdotally, you think, oh, yeah, he was really good. But then when you think, like, no, these are the the true nitty-gritty on it, I mean, it's just wowza. It really is. And you can go – it really is interesting. You can go into, like – so all this stuff is available in, in baseballreference.com, and so we use that for the show a lot. And so um, it's really interesting if you go in there and just look at, like, you can even see with his stats, like, hit location, stuff like that. You can see uh, just a whole lot of just random things against different teams. You can look at, you know, night, day, dome, grass, artificial turf, all that stuff. There's a ton of interesting things in here to really go over. And I was just looking at some of these, I was just absolutely blown away. So, like, of all the things to rabbit hole down into, this was a very good use of time. Like, I thought you were going to come at us saying the Titanic was an inside job or something. <laughs> no. Release the documents. Yes, we could definitely release the documents. Or we should definitely <laughs> release the documents. But, yeah, anything else to add here? Like, what's, uh, I mean, sounds like the perfect fantasy player, right? Yes. Oh, for sure. God, I wish. But his RBIs are probably much lower than his average would Probably Dictate. the the Mike Trout thing. Whenever you can uh, compare it against strikeouts, is the thing that probably blew my mind the most. Well, and you got to admit, baseball's different. Sure, it's still the same game, but you know, players are going. They're not just trying to get contact and to just get on base. Like they're, hey, I'm going to throw these. And that's nothing against Mike Trout. The dude's brilliant. But I mean, it was a different game. And what what do you start playing in '81? Like it's ridiculous. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I get it. It, it, the league is definitely a different place, but I mean, he was an absolute unsung hero in a lot of ways. And I mean, wh- how do you, how do you just go through that list? Like whenever you're put, you know, putting his head in, you know, Cooperstown or whatever, like what, what do you like? What stats do you put down? Like all of them are absolutely incredible. You just put a little book next to him. <laughs> just, yeah. You put a little book next to him for all the visitors to flip through with all these wonderful things. Uh, it's also worth noting, I've learned a ton about his numbers. I also learned Tony Gwynn, no longer with us on this earth, died in 2014. Yeah, not He also long, led man. the league in mouth tobacco. Sure. I mean, you have to stay that calm and that disciplined at the plate. Come on. <laughs> that's uh, Yeah, that's a true... <laughs> opinion i mean, <laughs> but i mean to like for you to be in your 20th season of the game and to strike out 17 times is incredible you could like you were mentioned earlier against pedro and against randy johnson i feel like you could give the three of us 10 pitches against all of those pitchers Tell us what pitch was coming, and we wouldn't even make contact. That's how good those pitchers are. I think between the three of us, we'd have at least one contact. It wouldn't be a good contact thing, but it would be contact. All right, well, get on the email campaign, and let's make this happen. Nobody does business via email anymore. Fine, get on the facts, and let's make (laughs) this happen. So regressive. I love it. Indeed. But yeah, so that was the random rabbit hole that I went down today just because I decided I wanted to look into this a little bit further. That's awesome. I love it. Well done. Thank you. Can you give yourself a round of applause for these deep cuts? I got you. Speaking of deep cuts, I don't know. Do y'all have a ton of experience cutting produce? Yes. Yes. Well, if you ever cut a grapefruit, you want to cut it deep. What's going on with this grapefruit league cactus leaf stuff? Who can fill me in? So I guess they are looking at options to be able to play some semblance of a season, which includes having the whole season played at a spring for, uh, training facility and fields around that area in Arizona this summer. And this would include players being away from their families for, you know, how, I mean, there's a ton of logistical problems with this whole idea to begin with, but 
it would require players being quarantined, only be able to go between their hotel rooms and fields, staying away from everybody. There would be robo-empires involved. I mean, there is a lot that would have to take place for this to actually happen. Wow. What have you guys heard about this so far? Pretty much saw- just that. I know it's proposed. They're throwing around a lot of ideas. And so I'm not surprised that they came up with this one. I mean, it kind of makes the most sense location and travel wise to do this, but um, it's nothing more than like a whisper or a rumor at this point. Well, and we've talked about it. Like we don't know, we still don't know anything yet. We're, we don't know where we are in this whole process and everything. And I personally, this is my opinion, but I seem to feel like leagues are just wanting to put something forward out there to make sure they remain in the spotlight of what's going on, because this plan is untenable. It's yes. untenable. Not only is it, yeah, not only is it untenable, I mean, it's, it's a dumb fucking plan. Like, so you take all these players out to Arizona all summer long, which that sounds miserable, by, by the way. <laughs> It'll be all right. That sounds terrible. They're playing a full season's worth of games. Dumb, Three and, and, o'clock opening pitch in Phoenix? <laughs> yeah, no problem. <laughs> the Diamondbacks do it all the time. Maybe these big league teams need to get a dose of what it's like. Um but you have, I mean, and there are, like, the way they would have to do this would be full of double headers. You'd have to use all of the facilities around. You couldn't have guys in the clubhouse. What do you, like, there's so many different aspects to this that are just untenable. But you have all these guys together. They're going straight from their hotel room to the field and then back. How do you build team camaraderie? There's just so many questions that just, it, it just doesn't work. It, there's no way it would work. What's yeah, the alternative? This, no baseball. Yeah. I what? kind of feel like no baseball is a much better plan than basically. I don't throw this around lightly, but this is. I feel like those are some pretty poor working conditions. Like, yeah, you know, it's not like iPhone sweatshop bad, but it's not great. <laughs> That's true. And like a couple of upsides to this thing, though. I mean, they've talked about completely doing away with with American and National League rules and just going straight DH across the board. Love that. Love it. Love if they're going to really incorporate the robo-umpire thing, because you would have to. You can't have people that close to each other in this scenario. If you're going to do that, you'd have to have some sort of robotic computer thing helping you here, right? Yeah. I mean, there's no way the catcher, batter, and, and ump can stand there. I mean, catcher and batter still can't do that. What if right. the guys on first are trying to hold the runner on? It's can't social distance that way. Right. And then further than that, what about medical staff? Whenever a guy gets hurt, how are you supposed? To, how are they supposed to tend to the guy? You get an automatic six foot lead off, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then on top of that, it's like, then how do you deal with things like calling pitchers up? Like what happens whenever you know? They would obviously expand rosters, so you have all these players there, but eventually, you I mean, remember the, the Rangers year, what, it was like 2014 or something like that, when the whole, like, literally everybody on the team was injured and then injured and then injured and then injured, and that just happened to work out that way. What happens if a team just gets decimated in injuries? It happens every year. It's this, the whole thing is just, I love that they're getting creative, but I think we said last week or in the past couple weeks, no league wants to be the first one to jump back. They all want to get back, but they're all waiting for someone else to say or do something stupid so then they can look better than the competitive leagues. And to me, this is a a toe in the wrong direction for Major League Baseball. And that's speaking as someone who wants to see baseball back. I would love to see the Grapefruit East, which consists of the Nationals, Houston, the Mets, the Cardinals, and the Marlins. Like, what a top-heavy division that, <laughs> that would, would be. be. That would so cool. Awesome. Uh, you know, or, hey, the Rangers have a chance if they're in the Cactus League Northwest with Milwaukee, San Diego, <laughs> Seattle, the Rangers, and the Royals. Like, oh okay, gosh. Texas might play second in that division. That's not a bad <laughs> not a bad thing. Yeah. But, yeah, just the whole thing's ridiculous. Uh, the Red Sox would be with the Twins, the Braves, the Rays, and the Orioles, so oh four God. decent teams and one dumpster. That's just the AL East. I mean, basically. But that that would be, I mean, Atlanta would be a problem for Boston, for sure. Shoot, even Minnesota. Yeah, for sure. No, and that's, I mean, that's 
what was expected going into this year. And I, I get it. I understand the the want to do it. I understand why we're even talking about this in the first place. Like there has to be some sort of interest drummed up somewhere, but I just don't see this as any kind of viable option. Like, and like, there are a lot of players like Cole Hamels was saying just yesterday, like I would do this. Absolutely. And I'm like, that's awesome. It's also easy to say when you've made millions and millions of dollars, but for these younger guys that are in, you know, not in that spot, that makes it tougher. Counterpoint though, those guys want to get out there and prove that they are good and not playing doesn't, enable that 100 percent. i'm with i'm I, that's fine but like it just it doesn't i don't really know how you do it safely i don't i don't think there's a safe way to do it which makes pretty much every circumstance that they're proposing or thinking about kind of silly mm-hmm. but this by far oh i don't know about by far i like the bracket idea yeah and the grapefruit v cactus league i love the idea of just really mixing it up yes um and I've, you know, idea wise, it's fine. Yes. Con- conceptually, this all makes sense. Yes. But yes, of course, we don't want to get people sick. I don't think anyone's actually suggesting that. Right. And then you run into this whole thing and Ben had kind of briefly touched on it for a second. But like you run into this whole thing where it's like, OK, so you're testing the hell out of people, right, to make sure that everybody's safe. And that's great, except for the fact that now all of a sudden baseball players get tested and other people around the country aren't. And then it turns into a PR shitstorm that you can't really deal with. And we all know Major League Baseball isn't great at dealing with the PR that would come with something like that. Yeah, I mean, that's like seven steps ahead of us, right? We're, we're at step 10 and that's step 12,000. Right. No, I'm with you, but it just... <laughs> Love it. You really can't have baseball players taking precedent over just everybody else just because you're yeah. trying to make sure that sports can be played. Like it's NBA not already really... took, the, took the thunder on that one. Right. The thunder. Pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> uh, I, I would love to see like the Nationals play the Yankees every other day. That would be cool. That would be so fantastic. I mean, I would do nothing but watch baseball all summer long. Mets would play the Tigers. Be a real interesting show. And you know what? I just thought of something. Um, And I know you're in this boat too, Sam, but I want to know what happens to my money that I was charged for my MLB.TV subscription. We'll look into this. They're, I mean, they're airing things every day. They're airing something like today. The 2018 home run derby was on. That's not what I paid for. I can watch that on YouTube <laughs> any fucking time. All right. Well, uh, sorry. Yeah. That was a Are, sidebar, but we'll get back to that anyway. Um, as we're sidebarring, have you all started asking for refunds for like everything now? Like Girl Scouts, youth <laughs> soccer. Like, I mean, everything's no. canceled. <laughs> no, I mean, no, no I haven't. Don't, really. I don't have any kids yet. So this no, is also no kids activities. This is also going to be one of the first things where I'm. I, I want my money back on it, but I'm not going to get it. It's fine. Um, Even the dog training classes. Like, I can't take my dog to obedience school. And that's not something we can host in Zoom. Can you imagine my dumbass like, trying to teach a dog to sit on Zoom? That'd be awesome. Please, please I'd, film that. I'd pay money to see that. Maybe MLB could start airing it. There you go. There you go. The Ocho. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I, I get the whole uh, urge to want to get something out there and everything, but... I just love the everybody's so optimistic about it. And I, I don't want to be pessimistic about it by any means. Cause as Ben said, like I want baseball to happen too, but I want it to happen safely and responsibly. And they're just not going to be the first one to take that bullet. You guys are right about that. Probably so. Um, no human life is more important, is less important than baseball. It's more important. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I caught myself. You know what I mean though? Like yeah, no, th- th- sure. there's not worth any amount of, yeah. Speaking of alternative realities, would you like to hear about my Randy Johnson dream? Yes. Yes, Just please. For, I'll make this quick. I don't know how much time we have. No, we got plenty of time. We got we um, got a whole two, three, four hours if you need to talk about this. I took a melatonin uh, last Uh-oh. weekend and had a really nice deep sleep. Uh, what a and... great start to a story. <laughs> I know. I don't know if you've taken a melatonin before, but if, you, if it works, you fall asleep nicely. Um, so baseball's not happening. In my dream, baseball was happening. It was a truncated schedule. There was not going to be a World Series. And don't ask me why. This is part of the criteria. But you had to have tiered age groups for your rotation for every team. So you had to have somebody 25 plus, somebody 30 plus, 35 plus, 40 plus, and 50 plus. Oh, I love this idea. I love this So in my dream, the Rangers drafted Randy Johnson. Randy Johnson is 56 years old. 
Oh my God. So Randy Johnson had long hair, you know, he had it greased back. Yep. We, we had opening day with the old block T hats and the cursive white jerseys. And Randy Johnson was the first pitcher of the season for the Rangers. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really was, was quite a dream. I mean, he struck out three and four innings and gave up five, five earned. Damn. He even um, got a stat line on it. That's pretty impressive. It was Good a very God. vivid dream. Are you and sure then, it was melatonin? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I am. So uh, in the 40 plus category, we got uh, Bartolo Colon back. Okay. And then okay. the other two double pitchers. Like 30, 35, 30, and 25. Those guys I don't even remember. Yeah, yeah. So so you have 50 plus year old Randy Johnson out there throwing four plus. He threw heat. Okay. I know he did. He did. <laughs> It'd be fun. What? I mean, what name another pitcher over fifty that you'd want? Well, I was going to say not pitchers. Pedro, but where nope. did Wade Boggs end up? Because I feel like that's what we need to where know. Didn't Wade Boggs oh, end up? Boy. Yeah, no, I would. Def- Pedro could probably throw heat. Still, I bet he could at least throw two or three of them. That's all I, I ask, really. Pedro had enough finesse; he could probably work around his age and have some crafty pitches. See, I'd probably bring Nolan out and make him throw out just like three pitches, and that'd be it. And God, make him take an ungodly amount of Advil. Yes. Oh, His yeah. His arm dude. would fall off. <laughs> it wouldn't just, like, you know, get hurt. It would fall off for sure. That's an awesome dream, man. That, that's. Uh, did he hit any birds? No birds hit? No birds hit. Ah, damn it. That might just be one of the most notable things about Randy Johnson. That and, and that's another one where it's, like, not really probably talked about enough. Maybe we should do a deep dive on him next time. I'd love to. We should look into that. Um he also was in Arizona at the perfect time for those uniforms that were just fire. Oh, yeah. The purple and green ones, the yep. gold. Awesome. The accent colors in a 1997 Taco Bell. <laughs> well said, sir. Well said. Well, we talked about fantasy drafting, and we talked about kind of a tournament-style bracket and everything, and something that Ben and I talked about last episode is we are going to take the one of the proposed exhibition brackets that was put out by was it Sports Illustrated? I'm pretty sure Ben. It was Yahoo. Yahoo, Yahoo put yeah. it out. Um, we we're going to pair these up. So these are all seated based on results from last season, and there we're going to use this year's players. We're going to play these games in MLB the Show. I simulated the first round or two just because there are a lot of them, and. We're going to go through and make predictions on who thinks what is going to happen and kind of play it out each week from there. What do you guys I'm think? so excited. I am super jazzed. I know whenever I made my predictions, uh, I, I spoiled one of my potential upsets for, for J-Mac on the last episode uh, just because I, I couldn't contain it. I was too excited. I think it's going to be good, and I'm interested to see, A, if we all agree, and then B, kind of how this all plays out. Agreed. So I have the first round that I've already simulated and hidden from everybody. So no one can see the results other than me. Just that for integrity's sake, I made my picks before Ben saw them and put them up on the on our actual spreadsheet. And so we so Ben and I made our picks. Sam, we need to do yours as we go for these series. And the way these are working, five games, best three out of five. The higher seed got home field advantage, which means two two one format love it so i didn't really go with a whole lot of specifics on these but i will like as we continue to go on i'll list all the pitchers and what happened and everything what i did for each of the game is i just simply this was perfect too i went five pitchers down each rotation for each roster that's good and alternated home and away and just simulated them through mlb the show so i had no control over what happened who you know i Basically, who came out where. I had no control over it. I think it's worth noting um, these were done with the 2020 lineup. So it wasn't, yes, it was based on 2019 results to get your seating, but we did take into account every single offseason change that that happened by the time the game was released. Yes. So essentially, what we'll do is we'll kind of go down each series and we'll break it out. So Ben and I kind of briefly touched on the the matchups, but some of these matchups are fantastic. And we'll go down each each matchup. We'll talk about them. We'll do predictions, and then we'll reveal how it went. Sound good? 
Love it. All right. Love it. So number so the the number one seed on both sides were the Nationals and the Astros, so they had a first round bye. Whether the Astros deserve it, not going to go there. All right. Um, In round one on the top side of the bracket, we had the number 17 Rangers versus the number 16 Phillies. So I'll start with my prediction. I called for the Rangers in an upset here. But I don't know that it's an upset, to be real honest. Yeah, I I too called the Rangers. I just think that they've made a a ton of more off-season moves specifically in pitching than the Phillies did. And so I think that even though the Rangers had a worse record last year, uh, I take the Rangers over the Phillies. Yeah, the Phillies are in disarray. I don't think they're going to do anything good. All right, I'll tell you what. I'm going to get our ugly faces off the screen for a little bit, and I'm going to post the actual bracket so everybody can see it. And I'll share my screen with you guys. This is the world we live in now, fellas. Pretty cool. So Over fancy. The future. I know. All right. Good. Good. All right. Beautiful. So we've got Rangers, Rangers, Rangers. Picks across the board. Yep. Yep. Yes. Let's reveal these bad boys now. Oh, cool. All right. So game one, we had a two to one win for the Phillies. 5-0 to the Phillies. And then the complete game shutout from Corey Kluber. What? 18 to nothing Rangers. Yes. <laughs> that one got me good. They won the next one 5 to 4 and lost 7 to 2 in the final. So they took it 5 games. It got close. Oh, man. So, Can I ask a question? Yes. So do you get that level of deep stats every time every one of these games is simulated like or is it just so notable that Corey Kluber got a complete game shutout that had noted that. I just noted that just because it was hilarious. I was just... But you get some deep stats. You get like... Oh, yeah. I have everything. Hits, hits everything. That's crazy. Yeah. So I'll put together everything as we keep going so we can see where we are. And we'll talk about what criteria we want to talk about in the later rounds. Um, just like real life, the Rangers lost in the first round. <laughs> well, we're all 3-0-3 here. So that stinks. But at least we're going down on the ship together. All right. So the next matchup was the number nine Indians versus the number 24 Pirates. Sam, talk about your take here. The Pirates are trash, right? I, I, I know very little about the Indians, but we just know that the Pirates are bad. I agree with that. Uh, yeah, uh, thirded that point. I think the Indians aren't getting any better, but neither are the Pirates, and the Indians already had a leg up on them. That's fair. That's fair. All right, so <laughs> I said the Indians as well. I mean, for all of the re- all the following reasons and then more, I don't even know who their manager is. Did, do they have a GM? Like, I know they fired their GM like two months too late. Uh, it's just a complete shit show. I don't think those people know how to run a franchise. Um, I don't know if that really actually applies whenever we're talking about MLB The Show games, but it is here, so we're talking about it. All right, the big reveal, three-game oh sweep boy. by the Indians. Yep. Pretty straightforward. All right, number 25 Mariners versus the number eight Rays. Sam, go for it. The Rays are good. They're just, they have some of the best talent per dollar of any team. And they play in the worst place ever. Ever and the and the Mariners like what even are the Mariners? They made like one off season move, pretty good. And um, uh, somebody name a pitcher on the rotation. I think King Felix is still there. Um, no, he's not. He's is he he's, done? He's a brave. He's a brave. Really, the ghost of King Felix. So he can't even pitching. name a pitcher on the rotation. That's sad. I'm guy. sure I would know some of them if you want to pull them up and see. Um, probably don't though. Uh, all right, so I think we had Rays across the board. Rays are good. They play in a shit city. Nobody knows who they are. All right. <laughs> whole state's bad. That <laughs> was so bad, man. It's true, though. Yeah, just really shitting on them. Yep. Three-game sweep by the Mariners. <laughs> oh, Eight to four, four to two, 13 to four. I was shocked by this one for sure. They do have some home run guys like Hanniger's on that team. And yeah. The other. DD's the there now. Kyle Seeger. Yes. Kyle Seeger. All right. Next, we have twins number the number five twins versus the number twenty eight Marlins. So we have twins swept across the board. Sam, I'll take twins in three. Yeah. Okay. Take Sam. twins in four. Okay. I don't. I wish I remembered how this worked out. I can't. I can't put numbers on it now that I kind of. That's fine. Relatively know. All right. The reveal. Three twins in four. There you go. Pretty good. Twins in three. Marlins stole one game. I was even surprised by that. I started to question the randomness of it at that point. 
The number 21. <laughs> all of it's compromised. Throw it away. All right. The number 21 Angels versus the number 12 Mets. I'm just bullish on the Angels. I, I, I don't know why. they get better every year. They've never proved it, though. They've never proved it. I'm trying to help you here. Just don't, don't buy that Kool-Aid. They're I not going to play yeah, baseball this year, but still. I, I think they made some changes, but I think the Mets were on an uptick, which is weird to say. But then they lost Noah Syndergaard and someone else? Um, I if feel Syndergaard like right. pitched one of these games, this whole discussion is moot. Well, the thing is, I think that we went with what their lineups were supposed to be right. pre-COVID, and so mm. he probably did he, pitch. He did. He pitched game one. All right, we ready for the reveal? Suspect. And then me and Ben have got Mets. <laughs> I don't know why we do. This is a talk about a losing matchup proposition here. We have a three game win, but the Mets took it to four games, though. Pretty good. Angels won the first one, lost the next three. Seems okay. familiar. The number 13 yeah. D backs versus the number 20 White Sox. Sam's going with the upset. What do you think? Uh, yeah, they upgraded their pitching and their offense quite a bit. I expect the the White Sox to get better. Ben, so do the Diamondbacks. I'm, I'm going to go Diamondbacks. I mean, just I feel like the White Sox getting better. They're still the White Sox. I'm going. I'm riding the ship down. I'm mad bum. I'm taking mad bum. I bet my money on the rodeo guy. What do we got? Ooh, that's a good one. Well, that's a good one. That's a decent matchup. Yeah, that validates my thoughts a, a little bit. A win for the Diamondbacks. Took it to five games and won nine to six. Lots of runs scored here, though. All right, we got the number 29 Orioles versus the number four Yankees. That's the worst matchup I've ever heard. Skip Could the, the Yankees play, do it too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just Yankees across the board for us. Yeah. Yankees in four games. It was... It was a little surprising that they even stole a game here, I think. But, yeah, they went in four games, Yankees across the board. I mean, I'm going to have the Yankees probably pretty close to the finals, right? I mean, would you I mean, guys? How do you not? Yeah. I mean, it's pretty ridiculous. This is another unfair one. The number three Dodgers versus the number 30 Tigers. Let's do the reveal. Yep. Sam, I brought it to Ben's attention last episode that the Tigers won 47 games last year. God, that's so not many games. <laughs> not many games. I will continually remind people of that. I think Tony Gwynn struck out last <laughs> in the season. <laughs> I know that to be true. All right. We had a three-game win by the sweep by the Dodgers. Pretty so good. So the one thing that I feel bad about for the Tigers this season with the fact that there is no baseball is think of all the merchandising <laughs> they could have been doing with the Netflix Tiger King stuff. Like, could you imagine... Oh. It's a good the Tiger King night in Detroit. Like, just how ridiculous if they gave out mullet wigs or something. It's a great have to point. Get King Felix back. Yeah, stuffed mm. tigers. Yes, yes, indeed. All right, we have the number nineteen Reds versus the number fourteen Red Sox. You guys are taking the upset against me. Just, I'm assuming out of spite. Is this a spite pick? I mentioned no. this last week. I think that the <laughs> Red Sox, like the Red spite Sox, pick. didn't do enough to maintain talent this year. Like. Hey, name a good Red Sox player. Oh, yeah, they all left. Not all of them. I'm being hyperbolistic to prove a point. But name a Reds what? pitcher. Trevor Bauer. There you go. That was more towards Ben, but yeah, that's my point. I can I can name them. They have really good pitchers. Do they? I, I can yeah, barely even do. name a Rangers pitcher. Like, <laughs> slow your roll. <laughs> Trevor that's Bauer, fair. ever heard of him? All right, you guys are taking the Reds here. I'm taking the Red Sox. Have to take the home pick. It's a sweep. Uh, oh, sweep. I actually, as soon as that happened, I was like, fuck, they're going to question the integrity of this list for sure. No, no, it's fine. <laughs> no, it's just it's a random number game. So, I know. It was the first thing I thought of, though. Uh, okay, I have a thought when we're done with this. Okay, we have the number 11 Brewers versus the number 22 Rockies. <laughs> That's an unfair yeah, Brew match. crew. Brew crew across the board. We have the reveal. The Rockies. Rockies in what? four games. Yes, I was shocked by this one, too. The 10-8 to 8 game in game one really set the tone for how this was going to go, and it kind of just went from there. You know what I think it is? I think mm. it's the fact that we went to Coors Field last year, and we gave the Rockies good luck. They don't feel unrelated. I'll tell you Some that. Some of that luck dust. Yes. 
All right, the next one is the number 27 Royals versus the number six Braves. We had Braves across the board. These are some unfair matchups on the bottom half of this bracket. Any yeah. th- any commentary here from you guys? I just want relegation to happen so we don't have to talk about the Royals anymore. I'm glad you brought that up because I will have those numbers in the next two weeks. I've actually finished the models this last weekend. You know, perfect. Good. All right. Um, we have a Braves win in four games. Oh my God! They scored a lot of runs. They too. scored a lot of runs. The twelve to three game right out of the gate reminded me of Fultonowitz getting just absolutely murdered in Game Five of the AL, or the NLDS. Absolutely mm-hmm. brutal. But uh, yeah, we have a Braves win here. Good picks across the board from everybody. Uh, number seven A's versus the number twenty six Blue Jays. I have concerns with y'all's Blue Jays pick. Say more. Tell me. Tell me more. Like, wh- why are y'all so so bullish on the Blue Jays this year? They have a great young core. They have great young pitching staff. I think the potential's there. And the A's, like, never start strong. True. I think and that's the bigger di- biggest difference here in this kind of thing is if this were happening in real life, like, it's not like you have a run-up to the playoffs where you, you know, you just happen to get catch fire or whatever. There's This is sheer talent base is what this comes down to, really. Okay. Um, Let's bring it on. But, I mean, you look (laughs) at guys like Vlad Jr., Bobachet. There's just a lot of guys there that they've been rebuilding for quite some time. Oh, I forgot about Boba Fett. Yeah. (laughs) God damn it. And Cabin Biggio, too. Yeah. Oh, that's right. And Uh, they're a good young pitcher, Nathan Pearson. Nope, not even close. We have an A's win in four games. Yes. I was shocked by this one, too. All right. Number 23, Padres versus the number 10, Cardinals. Sam, you take the Cardinals. Yep. Yeah, I know. I actually regretted my pick as soon as I made it, but I went with the Padres. Ben? I'm going to take the Cardinals, whom I hate. Yes. Yes. Went to five games here. Wow. Cardinals win in the end. Oh, my God. The Pod- There's Padres scored like no runs. Hmm. Seems to be a, a familiar tone in this episode, huh? <laughs> 24 Seems to be a familiar runs. tone since Tony Gwynn retired. <laughs> So true. All right. And the last one we have the number 15 Cubs versus the number 18 Giants. This matchup is deceptive and it, it favors the Cubs big time. Yeah, I don't think the Giants should have been should have been ranked 18th. I think they should have been ranked 28th. They're so yes. bad. All right. I have a couple notes here as well that I kept for you guys. Uh oh. We had a couple of extra inning games in this series. The first one was game one that went four to two, went 11 innings. Yuck. Game two was 11 to one. Game three went 17 innings. Oh my God. And it was a four to three game. And the Cubs won it six to four in game four. So this is awesome. Yes. That's fantastic. So we'll go week by week and we'll whittle out the winners and losers here. How much money did I just win? Um, I don't know <laughs> that anybody won anything. You get so, one ounce of. Uh, Josh Donaldson's calf. There you Ooh. go. So if we go up to the top of the list, can you can you reset who's going to be in the second round for us? Yes, I will. One second. So if we ever do play baseball, I'd love to see if any of those matchups exist so we can map this to reality. Ooh, let's prove the data set. Yeah. And we will, hopefully. But I don't know that that's actually going to in happen. In 2024. Okay, so we have the Phillies moving on to the next round. So we, they'll take on the Washington Nationals? The Washington Nationals. We will have the Indians versus the Mariners in the next okay. game. Okay. We will have the Twins versus the Mets in the next game matchup. I think that'll be good. Yeah, little high-ranking mediums there. Yeah, I think so, too. We will have the Diamondbacks face the Yankees. That will be a murderous scene, unfortunately, I have a feeling. Yeah, a lot of snakes killed that day. (laughs) (laughs) We have the... I'm still running down the list for everybody here. We have the... So the next uh, round would be the Dodgers versus the Red Sox. We got a little 2018 World Series replay there. Okay. Fun. Uh, and we'll talk about how many games we're going to do for the next round, too, here in just a second. 
We have the Rockies taking on the Braves in the next game. We have the A's taking on the Cardinals in the next game. And finally, we have the Cubs taking on the Astros. I love these matchups. These will be good. I think the Rockies are going to show their true colors and just fold. Strong agree. Under the Braves? Yeah. Spoken like someone who's living in Atlanta. Yes, indeed. Eh, whatever. <laughs> Sam, what is, you had a thought earlier, and you said we'd circle back around to it. What do you got? I expressed that thought. It was, let's see if any of these matchups exist oh. in the first bit of any real baseball that's played and yes. see if this maps to reality. Indeed. Okay. Just wanted to be sure we covered it. But yeah, oh, yeah. I think this will be a fun thing to kind of track as we go. And so how many games do we want to do for the next round? What do you guys think? Do we do five again? There's nothing wrong with five. It doesn't take extra time. No, I'm fine with that. Yeah, let's do five. Same thing with the home field that we did this past time. So do we want to do five the next round? And then after that, we'll do two rounds of seven all the way. Sure. That could work as well. That way we get the most randomness we can. We also should try to do a graphic of like the original thing. And then the results of round one. Yes, absolutely. We'll have that out there. So we'll we'll do this. I think as we get into the later rounds, I'm probably going to play some of these games or a lot of these games. and Maybe we'll do some streaming stuff too. I like the idea of streaming it. I don't necessarily want to mess with our data set though. That's fair. Well, we could do a little bit of both. We could play the game or whatever, and then we could we can simulate it for at least the the purposes of the actual brackets. Perfect. Something like that. I love it. So that'll be awesome. You could play some of the games that have already happened in this round one, right? Mm, Very, very true. We've got got the data, and now go play them. Mm, Yes, we'll play them behind a little bit, maybe. We'll see what happens. You don't want to wear out the pixels. That's very true. (laughs) But I do have a lot of spare time. So that's good. That's true. Um, Any other thoughts on the tournament here we got going on? This is the most exciting baseball thing happening in America right now. It really is. People need to tune in. Agreed. Do we want to somehow tie some fantasy things to this as we get to later rounds in some way, shape, or form? That could be fun. Betting money? No, I mean just you know fantasy baseball esque type things as far as point system, something like that. We could figure out. We could see who of us had the best picks. Well, that we will do. I mean, that's happening. So. I will have that, and I mean, it's going to get granular. Like I said, lots of data. We're, we're diving into the world of data to keep ourselves occupied until baseball comes back. But this is how our minds operate during baseball season, is they're statistically driven to find the best players possible. That's what we're doing. Yeah, love it. I miss fantasy I baseball, it. though, for sure. Me too. I have, I have one other baseball note for the day. Please. It's just worth mentioning every year that um, two days from now, the 15th of April would be Jackie Robinson Day. This would be the 73rd anniversary of, uh, of you know, Major League Baseball being the first sport to integrate properly. Have any of them been missed? I don't think so, right? Since it was instituted. No, no. I, I think that they, they finally started with Jackie Robinson Day in like the 90s, and there was only one player after his number got retired who was grandfathered in to being able to, to wear his number. I think it was Mariano Rivera. Yes, yeah, the last player who got to wear 42. Correct. It, wait, did you say it's the 73rd anniversary? Uh, should be because he came in in 47. But they, oh, but they declared it an actual day in MLB. sometime in the 90s. Oh, yeah. okay, got it, got it. Okay, yeah, where where Major League Baseball started celebrating it more. Got it. Yeah, I didn't know if you were ta- like because where my head was at was considering the strike year and all that, but baseball was played past that point. So yeah, yeah, no, I'm with you. Yeah. Well, so anyway, that's why I got my, my Brooklyn Dodgers cap on right now. Throwing it out, represent. Stay hard, Jackie Robinson. Indeed. Stuff. Something we, we celebrate every year on this show. And usually it's by the opening of baseball and, and all that. And it's just it's been really shitty without it, to be honest. I'll probably wear my Jackie Robinson jersey on Wednesday. Which jersey is it? Uh, it's, uh, it's a gray one that says Brooklyn across it in the cursive. Nice. Very good. Well done. All right. Well, I guess we'll go ahead and wrap things up, huh? Yeah, so if you like what you're listening, make sure you rate, review, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. It helps us out a ton. Plus, check out our home base at sensiblyloud.com. Got a ton of great stuff cooking up there for you. And you know what? 
what would we be without social media? Well, we'd have a lot more free time. So make sure to check us out on social media. Uh, that's on Facebook. That's on the good old Twitter. That's on Instagram. Uh, thank you all so much. And big props to J-Mac for producing this episode and for reminding us all the greatness that is Tony Gwynn. We want to thank everyone for tuning in for episode 106 of the Outfielder Podcast. We'd like to thank all of our fans, Sensibly Loud Media, our sponsors, and those with a sharp eye to keep the runners close. Grounds crew, please keep patrolling that outfield. Big ups to Kevin Towers. Don't text and drive. And we'll see you right back here next time on the Outfielder Podcast. Yeah.